this is Jeanette. Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast. Today we have a special guest who is dear to my heart and to a lot of us moms who have special needs children. My beautiful friend Laura will be bringing awareness to autism as she shares a bit of her own experiences having an autistic son. Hope you enjoy this topic. Good morning. Hi, Laura. I hope you're doing good, good today. <laughs> okay, so I just uh, I want to start off by letting our listeners know that you are a treasure to so many of us in the autism world and community. And I just love your passion. We love your passion for bringing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome for bringing awareness as well as encouragement through our own journey, through your journey. Uh, with a special needs child. And with that, I'm going to jump right in and ask you a few things that relate to our topic today. And um, again, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. You know, I, I would really love it if this pandemic was over. I would love it if these terrible fires were over. But, you know, without all those crazy things going on in the world, you know, blessed. Blessed, blessed, and thankful. I feel the same way, especially with the fires in the air right now. I'm thinking maybe I should be wearing a mask. <laughs> so um, anyway, so we're just going to go ahead and start off with uh, my first question would, would be, uh, when did you first find out that your precious son had autism? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that one thing I, I think is really important and and for the listeners to know that it's really hard to determine if a child has autism when they're an infant. So I wanted to say that, say that right out of the, you know, of the start at the jump, because a lot of people I've gotten questions from people saying, Oh, my child is six months old and not giving me eye contact. Well, your child's six months old. So you don't need to run to panic when they're an infant. Um, it's normal development for children, you know, to have different reach milestones differently. So in the infant stages, I mean, of course, if you feel something uneasy and, you know, you pray about it and you're uncomfortable, see your doctor, but typically you do not notice autism until two or later. And, and again, I'm not a doctor, I'm a mom, but just wanted to throw that out there. Right. So for our journey with Isaac, at about two he just started becoming really active and doing things that I would call quirky. He would stand on top of his high chair. He would climb really tall ladders, you know, and freak me out. <laughs> he wouldn't go down a slide regularly. So he'd climb all the way to the top of the slide and then just stand there. So the other kids are like, hey, kid, go. So that was kind of quirky, unusual. Of course, there was no speech. He had utterances and, and babbles, as babies and toddlers do, but there was no recognizable words at all. We definitely knew that something was off in terms of, you know, minimal eye contact and not listening. And here's what was a big uh, red flag for us. If we called his name, you know, Isaac, come here. He wouldn't respond to his name. And even with babies, if you call their name or say their name, babies love to hear their name. Mm -hmm. they, they turn and they kind of look at you. So that was a big red flag for us was why doesn't he come when we call? Mm -hmm. And so at 24 months, which is two, my husband definitely said something is wrong. Something is off. So we took him to our doctor and the doctor was actually really mallow he said you know boys develop differently than girls it's not odd for boys to be you know later in, in, in talking than girls 
just keep an eye on him? Does he, you know, how is he eating? Is he crawling? Is he walking? So I just hit a lot of the regular milestones. So mm-hmm. our primary care physician was just kind of like, oh, monitor it. Wasn't concerned at all. But Chuck, my husband, was concerned. And so uh, basically, we I would say we recognized it at two, you know, definitely at three. And um, at two, even though the doctor didn't seem too concerned, we started to pray. So from two to three, we said, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to open his lips and give him speech. And we're just going to watch and see what God wow. will do. And, and then at three, no speech. I mean, I can remember on his third birthday being, okay, God, you know, we kind of put out a fleece. He's three, still no mama, daddy, ball ice cream, dog, you know, no, no words. He's three now. So we said, let's. At this point, did you know what autism was? or? So at that point, I did not think he had autism. I thought he had a speech delay. Mm-hmm. And for our personal journey, my brother didn't talk until he was four. And he was later diagnosed with Asperger's, which they don't diagnose people with Asperger's anymore. But just for the listeners, I will talk about that. So autism is a neurological disorder. They don't really know exactly what it is. It's just basically a bunch of things that they lump together and they say, you have autism. Mm -hmm. But Asperger's, which again, they do not diagnose people with Asperger's anymore. But I would would say, again, as a mom, not a professional, Mm -hmm. it's a higher functioning form of autism where the person can kind of gel in society a little bit better. It's less recognizable, um, you know. And so anyway, my brother was didn't talk till he was four, and he was later at, I think he was 40, diagnosed wow. with Asperger's very late in his life. And so we started putting things together and going back in our mind's eye and saying, wow, he was so different and quirky and extra science and <laughs> math and, uh, you know, uh, OCD to the core. I mean, just he had all these mm-hmm. uh, Asperger's autism uh, characterizations or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so with my, with Isaac not talking, I honestly, I wasn't that concerned. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a woman of faith. I said, God created my son special. He's not talking yet. What do we do? We pray. So mm-hmm. we prayed and prayed. And, and to answer the question, I knew what autism was, but I didn't think necessarily Isaac had autism. Mm-hmm. I just thought mm-hmm. he has a speech delay. So mm-hmm. if you talk, if my husband was on the, the air right now with me, he would say, oh, you were in denial. Um, and we talk a lot mm-hmm. about this. And, and we were all, we about it. at that time, a lot of us moms that had met each other uh, at church, knew each other from church, we were all finding out at the same time. And wild. we didn't even really understand yeah, it's it's such. It, it, looking back now, I mean, we see God's providence. Um, yes, but, completely. You know, I I would say that I I didn't even know at the time uh, when your son uh, had autism that my son had autism. I was just right. finding out, and the way I found out was through something kind of like what we're doing now. Um, Cheryl Broderson from uh, Calvary Chapel was having, um, I forget what they call it. Some It wasn't a podcast, but it was something that they had on his channel. And she had some um, people on, on, and they were just talking about um, their, I think, grandchildren. And they had mentioned the spectrum and then a few different um, elements of 
not elements, but uh, characteristics of um, what the spectrum was. And that's how I was able to identify that. But even at that, um, a lot of us were skeptical because, you know, um, he was so high, our, mine was so high functioning. And I think that that's mm -hmm. a really good thing that you just mm -hmm. mentioned is to be skeptical because what do mm -hmm. we know? We know that we know that we know Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. Our children are fearfully and wonderfully made. And let me just tell you, I hated the label. And I do mean hate. And mm -hmm. if you know me, I'm the most joy-filled person. Mm -hmm. I don't really ever use the word hate. But I mm -hmm. said, do not do not label my child. My child, is a it, Isaac, is a child of the Most High God first. And mm -hmm. any quirk, any diagnosis, anything he has is second. So that was that was like... It cut me to the core, and I did not let label. And then a, a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, Desiree, she told me, and this blew my mind. She said, but Laura, the label imparts grace. It does. And I said, whoa. Mm -hmm. And that just was a mind paradigm shift for me because I thought, I don't have to like, like the label. I could never like the label. But if I go into a grocery store or the bank or hiking in, you know, a national park and I say, I'm sorry, my son got in your mix, you know, with the social mm -hmm. uh, challenges he has, you know, he doesn't understand social cues or social spacing. I'm sorry, my child, you know, came up to mm -hmm. you and touched your backpack with a, you know, mm -hmm. Winnie the Pooh patch. He has autism. They say, oh, okay, we get yeah. it. Yeah. So it does give grace. So um, I wanted to say real quick that because I, you know, uh, I don't know if some listeners would be curious, but I just felt led to say, so when he was three and uh, we knew definitely that, that it wasn't just, he's not talking. We started noticing more, no eye contact doesn't come when you call definitely different, majorly different than other children. House wise eating fine, walking fine, you know, Everything was fine from a physiological standpoint, mm -hmm. but we could tell he was different. So we, what we did is we went to uh, the public school, mm -hmm. and again, he's three. So I'm thinking, well, we'll get speech. Maybe they could come to the home, or maybe mm -hmm. I could go to, you know, a local uh, public school preschool or something. You know, that's what I was seeking help was with speech. So they said, oh, no, well, we need to do a full assessment. So what they did is they did an assessment at this place called uh, the special, it was called CPAT, Special Education Preschool Assessment Clinic or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so they assessed him and they said, we're not doctors, but we are educators. And they have some psychologists there. They said, we, we see in Isaac autistic-like characteristics. They said, but we cannot tell you he has autism. I thought, great. Well, <laughs> you haven't helped me that much. but. Uh, they, he had to start preschool at three and a half. And in terms of, of a mama's heart, oh. those years were so painful for me. They were so painful because I just, I remember this one moment saying, God, I just wanted some speech help. Um, but he has to go to school every day, five days a week. He's not even potty trained yet. And I, I was praying over him at night. And I was said, God, I wanted to teach him his ABCs. I want to push him on the swing. I want to do little crafts with him. I want to teach him John three sixteen, And it was just breaking my heart. And the Lord said, you know, Laura, you've been praying and here's your answer. You know, the, this public school help. So mm -hmm. I stopped and I said, okay, Lord. And he said, and guess what? There's a lot of I want in what you're telling me right now. But what about what I want? 
And I mm. said, whoa, Lord, okay, I'm hearing you. Yes. What about what's best for for Isaac? And, and right. God ordained moments. And each, this is what I love about the spectrum. Not only is each child different and they're on the spectrum, one might be moderate to high or severe. Um, they've been, God has given them this life. Um, I always tell my son, you know what, this, I, I know it's kind of cliche, but I'm like, you know what, autism is your superpower because I just think it's cute and, and not just cute, but really. It's important. encouraging. It's, it's not like exactly. a death blow. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that's, that's great mm -hmm. that you say that. And, mm -hmm. you know, Isaac has been blessed with so many wonderful special ed teachers and aides over the years. And they tell me every year at the end of the school year, I love Isaac. And I'm looking at them. I'm, I'm thinking my kid that pinches and pulls hair and bites and gets aggressive sometimes. And my kid that won't sit still to do your lessons in this. They, they just, they, they genuinely care for him. Mm -hmm. And, and you're right. It is a superpower because they're so different mm -hmm. that I think it builds empathy and compassion in other people. And not only that, they just have a special gift. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to take over the whole podcast time and talk forever and ever, but just one quick story. There was a woman who had a staph infection and had to have her hands amputated. Oh, wow. So Isaac was maybe five at the time. I don't recall, four or five. Adorable as ever, but totally quirky. Again, nonverbal. He didn't mm -hmm. really like to hug or kiss or any of those things. And we went to deliver a meal to this family, and I and then he looks at her 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 hand, which is now gone, so it's like a wrist. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's gonna do something. And he looked at her, and and he kissed her on the cheek, and he oh. he looked at her hand, and he kissed her hand, and then he walked away. Oh, that oh my goodness, that was an ordained moment in time. And what those happened? are the things that you know they do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they push your buttons like no other child on earth. Don't they bring out the good, the best and the worst of us? I mean, I mean, when I say the worst of us, I think um, our weakness, uh, it yeah. really um, makes us vulnerable to, to, to see yes. that we need to be on our knees all the time for for them and uh there's so much more to talk about um and I maybe we might do another podcast with you but um what advice would you give to a parent who has an autistic child on the spectrum of any sort what it and and maybe particularly the person who who has struggles with you know the pinching and the aggression oh yes yes so I have to say, I really love this question because as a Christian, as a lover of Jesus, I know that one of my spiritual gifts is to be an encourager. So mm -hmm. sometimes I think that that's one reason why God allowed autism to affect our family specifically, because I do love to pray for other families, encourage other families and give tips and things that could help. And so, of course, the number one advice I would ever give an autism family is pray. So when Isaac was smaller and he was nonverbal, God gave me Psalm 1515, and I prayed that over Isaac, unseal my lips that I might praise you. And so it, David in this psalm is repenting after sinning with Bathsheba. 
But for me, God has used this portion of scripture to encourage my heart in what is the mouth made for. And even with mm-hmm. Moses, Moses said, but I stutter, God. I'm not good at speaking. Send someone else. And God says, who made the mouth? Moses. I did. Mm-hmm. And even in Isaiah, the prophet says, God, you're the potter and we are the clay. And so I remember one time with the Lord, I was just crying and weeping and praying over Isaac. And I said, Lord, I'm not desiring for him to be a rocket scientist or a surgeon or anything like that. I just want him to be able to talk to you, to sing to you. And the Lord spoke to my heart and it was very simple and, you know, not audibly, of course, but the Lord asked me a question and said, who made Isaac? I said, you did, Lord. He said, well, then trust me. And so ever since then, I've been on this faith walk of trusting him with Isaac. And so my encouragement and advice to other parents with children on the spectrum, or especially if they just got the diagnosis, is pray over your child constantly, link up with others going through the same or similar struggle, the special needs family road is not easy. I was so blessed in the very beginning. Isaac was only three and a half, I think, or four. And I I attended Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, special needs parents support group. I said that slowly because it's a (laughs) mouthful. But they're out there, friends, you know, any family members, anyone listening to this, there are special needs parent support group. And I mean it for you, mom, for you, dad, for the parent, because you need the support. Your child needs a ton of support, but that's a different thing I'm addressing right now. I'm saying mm-hmm. you as mom, you as dad, you need to link up with other special needs parents. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but don't Google. Try to try to get with a church or go through your doctor or go through a counseling because, you know, there's there's quirky people out there and I just recommend that you hear it from like like what I'm saying right now. There is a legit, you know, special needs support right. group through right. Calvary Chapel Chino Hill. So vet, you're basically saying vet them, vet them, yes. and and maybe yes. look at their reviews. And uh, in the Christian yeah. community, we definitely feel safe because we're very like minded in our right. in our pursuit to like what we want for to children. encourage each other. Mm-hmm. And so, like for exactly. me going to a support group, if I just picked one, you know, like there's one in Pomona or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever Riverside, uh, Loma Linda Hospital has some, um, then yes, it might be a medical slant or it mm-hmm. might be behavioral slant. But we, I know for me in my house, I want the Jesus slant. Yeah. And, and, you know, if they do go somewhere and, you know, they don't get a good feeling, they don't have to stay. They can, it's like shopping a bit, you know. Yes. yes. What do you say and to so a parent? That is maybe, no, um, what do you say to a parent who feels as though this is a curse or that they can't move forward and that their heart is so heavy and they kind of even see it as like a uh, punishment or something? Yeah, a punishment or a disadvantage in the world. You know, that that is a good question. Um, and I'm thankful that you just threw that out there because this is a heavy question. Um, you know, I just go back to John's gospel, a blind man. Who sinned, Jesus, this man or his parents? And he's like, you got, you know, like my husband, he he comes from a skateboard background. He would say, oh, y'all wrong. You know, (laughs) you don't don't make no sense. No, Jesus says, this man didn't sin and his parents didn't sin. And this is very important because you know what? I'm going to say something that's quite painful and that a lot of moms do and don't say it openly. You blame yourself. 
Did I eat something when I was pregnant that I shouldn't have? Did I go around certain fumes, you know, or go on an airplane and, you know, ingest some fumes that might have done something in utero that affected my child? We do these things, and you know what? It's it's from the pit of hell. It's a lie. Again, God allows people, again, not that he wants it, but he does allow people to go through trials, to be blind, to be lame, to have autism, you know, to go through various things. You know, I'm not trying to get into a big, deep Job theological discussion, <laughs> but but you are absolutely right. You can feel like it's a curse or, um, you know, a painful scar because like some other autism moms when we talk about, like right now, COVID is very hard for our special needs oh, kiddos. But I think that our journey to the other side is when we pass away. Because, you know, you might have a prodigal child and then they come back and I'm not sliding that trial to the least because that's mm-hmm. very painful. And I pray for particles. You know, my heart, my dear yeah. friend. Yeah. But what I mean is our journey as special needs parents, even someone like my son, Isaac, that's a little more severe or challenged, mm-hmm. that journey, I'm going to always have that. That's your eternal so blessing. That's what I tell people. That's your eternal blessing. And to know that. Paul, one of the heroes of the faith, said three times, take this thorn from me. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. It's it's learning to navigate your life with that thorn and to learn to navigate. And you're right. It is the blessing. I remember one time, I'll never forget this. I was in front of a grocery store and there was a young boy and I believed him, young man, maybe 18, 17. And he, he said, do you have any money? And I said, I, I always like to engage. I said, why do you need money? What's going on? You know, what's your story? And he said, my mom has this new husband. He hates me and he kicked me out. And I looked at him and he goes, I, I just need food. I've been staying on the streets the last couple of days. I don't want to go back. You know, this stepdad hates me. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? I'll buy you some items. But before I do that, can I pray with you? I said, look at this little guy in the cart right here. And Isaac was still like three. So I had him in the cart. I said, he can't talk. I said, but God blessed me with this child and God uses his life. Look, we're here right now in front of this market meeting with you. I said, he can't talk, but yet God's using his life and he has breath in his lungs. I said, you have a future and God's with you. And I don't remember what else I said, but God can use sort of the struggle of autism Mm -hmm. to show people, hey, if you can endure this and get through it, you know, with God's grace, I can too. And to go back to your question about the biting and the pinching for friends that know me really well, that is the hardest thing for me because I've always prayed. And a lot of mamas that are praying moms do Lord, may my child be a blessing. May they not hurt others. May they, you know, be good citizens. May they love you, Jesus, with their heart, soul, mind and strength. So when he does act out and and pull hair or bite his aid or pinch, it just crushes me. And I Mm -hmm. have to take it to the Lord in prayer Mm-hmm. And my husband, my wonderful, godly husband, he said one time, I was really struggling with this, and I was crying. It gets me really blue. And he said, but guess what? He said, God made the mouth to bite. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. He said, Isaac is just using his nonverbal way to protest and express his frustration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not a good thing to do, but he's he's trying to tell you, you know, I'm upset mm-hmm. right now. We could do that. I mean, how many times have we ourselves done that? Even with autism, having uh, we can uh, our frustration 
of even having a special needs child could come out of us and it could go back onto the child themselves. We could yell at them or get frustrated. Why aren't you picking that up so fast? And I told you to go right, not left. Or, you know, where it it brings turmoil. So we we do have to be sensitive. And your situation um, for the listeners is, is a lot different um, uh, you know, because there's a lot of neurological things going on, but I just want to say, you know, we can't judge, you know, other parents who right. have children that, that are autistic or, um, severe autism who have those neurological, um, you know, things going on. We have to, um, have grace on them and, yes. and, and get to know the child, through the parents. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) No, and I agree. And I'm glad that you meant that because the listeners do need to know um, that every child is different and unique. Mm -hmm. And, and so the label autism, uh, it it is a spectrum and it's, it's so broad and varied. Mm -hmm. And so this is just, it's really just my story. Right. But, but, I think it can bring a lot of hope and encouragement because, for example, my frustration and challenges with Isaac, you know, I mentioned one is maybe the biting or pinching or pulling hair. Mm-hmm. But for someone else, it might be they punch the wall when they're frustrated. You know, right. kiddos on the spectrum have mm-hmm. a common thread of, mm-hmm. of either having a tantrum or mm-hmm. sharing their frustration in non-typical ways. So yeah. that's a really good thing that you just, you know. Some kids pull their hair out. Some kids... Um, yeah. uh, I used to have to bring the cat in from the other room and yeah. uh, let my my child scream and into the pillow for about a half hour or more oh, yeah. until they calm down. And uh, you're right. Every situation is uniquely different. So, you know, one parent might say, oh, I would never, you know, allow my child to, to bite and hit. But you, we have to remember that each situation is different. And until we know the details of what's going on in that child's brain or with the doctor, um, we have, to, we have support. to support. You know, going, support yeah. going to the supports too, real quick, My um, Isaac has been attending the Claremont Autism Center for therapy for ABA, which is behavior therapy, since he was about three and a half, four. And they have helped him just overcome amazing, amazing um, challenges. They helped him with speech. That was a, a big one. They help him with eye contact. I mean, I remember one time a relative hadn't seen him in a while and they said, who is this? He's a different kid. They said, he looked at me. He's, he's, he, you know, can say hi. He was doing things that they hadn't seen. And they, again, there was a big time lapse, but I said, you know, prayer, I said, and behavior therapy in the front, we call it friends in Claremont. That's what we call it. Cause I don't tell Isaac, we're going to therapy. You know? Yeah. I say, we're going to see our friends in Claremont and he loves it there. And again, they believe in him. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big, you know, important part of the journey is mm-hmm. having your child surrounded by a, a wonderful umbrella of support, the people that care for him, that believe in him. You know, just yesterday, Isaac had a, a little bit of an aggressive incident with the caregiver, and he went the whole day without 
lashing out or getting upset. And the end literally was 10 minutes to go. And I looked at her so defeated. I said, we just got through a whole wonderful day. <laughs> I said, I'm so, so sorry. And she goes, I enjoyed my time immensely with Isaac. She said, so, no problem. Those type of people are amazing. Yes. That is yes. a, a calling. And I, I think people should take a step of faith out uh, through prayer, of course, and see where does God like you said in the beginning when God told you to put him in preschool, it's the same thing. Each milestone and each step is letting go of our child, all of our children, uh, whether yes. they're whether they have special needs or not. Eventually, we are going to have to let go, and that's I will say as a mom of four kids and one with special needs, that has been the most difficult part of motherhood is letting go and taking a step of faith and trusting that they were born for such a time as this. And this leads me right into my next question. How have, how has your family immediate and maybe grandparents come alongside of Isaac? How have they embraced this issue? Have they been um, afraid of it or are they for it? Your husband, how, how does that work in your family? The dynamics? So, family is so important, you know, neurotypical, you know, for anybody, any, any uh, home life, family is just vital. Mm -hmm. And regarding my husband, we are so blessed. He's a public school teacher. And so I think that's one reason why he recognized the autism sooner than I did, because he's been around so many kids. And so one thing that he implemented that's huge is a schedule at home, the actual gigantic, you know, whiteboard schedule. <laughs> and when I say a schedule, we have a strict schedule. I don't mean strict, like, you know, do this, do that. But for example, he eats routine. breakfast at eight, routine, <laughs> yes. Breakfast at eight, snack at 10, lunch at 12, dinner at four. And so that is actually hard for me because I'm the more spontaneous one. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat at two today, you know. But my husband implemented this schedule during COVID because Isaac was constantly going to the kitchen and rum rummaging through the cupboards, and my boy loves to eat. Mm -hmm. So the schedule helps him. Okay, you want a snack? Okay, remember, 10 o'clock a snack. And so I think that the schedule is huge, and, you know, he'll be 13 in January, so you think, well, this is kind of more of a preschool thing, and again, non-judgment, no, 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 people with autism need these kind of schedules mm -hmm. and routines, it just, it helps them, like, the best way I could put it is be less anxious, because knowing yeah. what's next, stability. It, just, it reduces that, that anxiety, and yes, the stability, and so another thing I wanted to say about family is that my husband is the strong one. So he's sort of the salty one in the mix and I'm the sweet one. <laughs> I'm very nurturing mm -hmm. and Isaac needs that nurturing mama. But then my husband Chuck is more stern and Isaac needs that too. And so I'm thankful to the Lord for giving us a balance that we can work together to help Isaac mm -hmm. enhance his strengths and overcome weaknesses. And then as far as family, a big part of autism and this journey and this faith walk, whatever challenges your child's going through is acceptance. Mm -hmm. So like I said earlier, this is not like a, a, a typical health problem that you can maybe overcome with, you know, some kind of medicine or treatment. In our point of view, Isaac will always have autism. Now, of course, we do and we trust that God can do miracles, but mm -hmm. we've accepted autism as part of his life. Mm -hmm. part of his brain, part of who he is. So I think for parents, for families, you know, aunties, uncles, you know, Nino and Nina's, you know, grandma, grandpa, whomever, the sooner they can realize that we're not trying to cure this child, fix this child, 
We're trying to navigate and help them. To me, and again, this is just my point of view, the world is scary for Isaac. Mm-hmm. When, when, if, if anyone out there has ever watched the Temple Grandin movie, it's excellent. Yeah. I would yeah. strongly encourage you to watch it because in the movie, Temple Grandin, she's explaining autism. Well, you know, it's a dramatic or whatever, you know, it's a movie about her life. But when she goes in the grocery store and then the door's opening and shutting and then she sees the butcher's knife and it's making that cha-ching, cha-ching sound. And then people are talking and then someone over there snaps their gum and she just runs out of the store. Ah! Mm-hmm. with her hands over her ears and Temple Grandin has said overstimulation hurts mm-hmm. and I love I mean I'm sad I'm grieved by that but I'm I'm thankful and I love that she says that because that helps me understand Isaac's world I remember one time we were he was very small we were at Disneyland and we were at uh, California Adventure and he kept pointing and saying truck 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 he could talk a little but it was hard to understand. I'm like, truck? Is he saying Chuck? You know, daddy? No. <laughs> truck. And he kept pointing and pointing. It was hot. It was somewhat crowded. He was in the stroller. Truck, truck. And I realized, oh my gosh, he wants to go home. Oh, wow. He was pointing to the parking structure. You know, it'll say mm-hmm. like parking lot this way. Yeah. And I said, oh, he's done. Truck. Mm-hmm. He's, you could see it on his face, you know, even though he can't express himself verbally all that well I clicked to me you know and that's where we pray Holy Spirit give us wisdom and discernment and insight to our kiddos he was mm-hmm. saying let's go this is too much for me mom so you're saying you know for people that are connected to your family whether it's siblings or aunts uncles and that it's important for, to not force them to understand your child but teach them by example to get down into their world and into what they see. And the best way to do that is to allow the family to understand that this is what he was born with. This is what God has given to him. And so um, this is our family and this is how we are going to uh, relate to him and by yes. example because if you relate to your kids you know by maybe making uh jokes about you know special needs or maybe if you relate to them as though well you're here on the bottom and we're up here because then that might give the rest of the world you know um that that's it's kind of like if you had a sibling and your siblings didn't want to hang out with you around the friends you would be like oh right you know hurt so Mm -hmm. I wanted I wanted to say something about the family too because you mentioned extended family Mm -hmm. so one thing that Isaac loves is sweets he loves cupcakes so our family has this new routine if it's somebody's birthday and my sister's an amazing you know party um extraordinary you know she always makes Mm -hmm. every gathering wonderful and she always brings cupcakes right Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. she knows if Isaac's there if we're at this gathering they either go in the oven they stay in the oven or they go on top of the fridge covered they can't be displayed so you know that's kind of the norm if you go to Mm -hmm. a gathering and there's cupcakes they're on a little cupcake tower or whatnot but but for Isaac it's literally torture to see you know 15 cupcakes and and you can't have it you can't have it and you can't have it and Mm -hmm. so we hide them and so Mm -hmm. I have a little saying I say hide the source yeah so you can have one but to see 20 of them again going back to overstimulating it's too much it's too your family 
has come alongside of you is what you're saying. And if there's someone out there and say their family does not want to be educated or does not, or they are just kind of maybe I'll say either old school or crude. Um, one of the, uh, the, of our family members, uh, had said, and they've since passed on, uh, had told, told me, uh, you know, your child is not, uh, retarded, you know, and, and it hurt. It really hurt, but I had to understand them and I had to see that they were not educated about what autism truly was. And, and I had, I couldn't carry that. I couldn't carry how other people related to my children in the family. So I had, and, and let me tell you, sometimes I still get that, not with family, because since you know, um, since then, everyone, there's like a resistance. There's kind of like a resistance. And so what I, what I realized in our journey with Isaac is that people have a hard time with, with the unknown or with the unusual. So because Isaac is so quirky and unique and he does things that are just completely different. So for example, this is a, a great example. He loves balloons. So if someone blesses him, and I've had many people over the years, friends, family, just people want to bless Isaac, and they'll bring over, you know, a couple of star balloons or balloons. Mm-hmm. So he's ha- holding them, and the friend is jazzed. Oh, I brought a little bit of joy to Isaac. You know, he's so different, and he struggles, and they, it's like a mutual joy. Isaac's happy, and the friend is happy that they bless Isaac. But guess what he likes to do? He likes to go in the backyard and let them go. <laughs> so some people look at that like I just spent, you know, whatever, 25 bucks at Dollar mm-hmm. Tree and you just let the balloons go. So that's part of like you have to embrace mm-hmm. their uniqueness and not mm-hmm. feel slighted or upset mm-hmm. um, or, you know, I mean, we've told people they say, can we come over? And we say, yes, but don't bring any desserts. Mm-hmm. And we've had to stand our ground. Do not mm-hmm. bring cookies. Do not bring cupcakes. Do not bring these treats because it's going to trigger him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and then sometimes I'll get a frown from Olivia, and that maybe could be another podcast, mm-hmm. the siblings yeah. of autism. <laughs> yeah. But he'll mm-hmm. frown, you know, oh, we can't have ice cream. We can't have cookies. And I just look at her, and I said, you know, I said, I, not today. And it's really yeah. hard, but wow. those are the things that you have to set your own family boundaries. I mean, I know for a lot of people that, you know, do love the Lord, you're not going to let your child listen to you know, Marilyn Manson or watch these crazy <laughs> bloody movies, right? You, mm-hmm. Those boundaries are okay. But to tell a, a relative don't bring dessert is not okay. No, this is my family and we know what's going to affect our children. So mm-hmm. we have a right to say, now when you're going to someone else's place, like a party, mm-hmm. so we've been in a season where we don't really go to parties. Wow. Yes, yes, exactly. And my son, some people think it's kind of extreme. You know, and I've had family tell me, bring Isaac, bring Isaac. We don't care if he eats 20 cupcakes. I say, you don't care, but I do because he's going to mm-hmm. get a tummy ache. Mm-hmm. So so what I feel is that it's it's a very delicate balance. It's based yeah. in prayer, mm-hmm. and you kind of pick your battles. So there's times mm-hmm. where we'll go to the gathering, and we know he's going to try to eat four cupcakes, and we say, you know what? This is so-and-so's graduation. We're just rolling with it. But then many of the times we say, you know what, we have to get a sitter. We can't go. We cannot take Isaac to XYZ event. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. The social thing is super hard. And it's like a lonely road. It is so lonely because for me, I have wept. I mean, I don't think I've ever shared this publicly like this. I have cried. I have wept 
because I am such the social person and to say, I'm sorry, I can't go to your three-year-old's, you know, birthday party. Mm -hmm. I would love to. It grieves my heart because I like those things. I Mm -hmm. love birthday parties. I love celebrations. I love these kind of things. But I know that it's going to cause frustration and meltdowns and possible Mm -hmm. aggression and hair pulling for Isaac. To me, it's not worth it. Now, maybe he's a little Mm -hmm. bit older, you know, so it's it's just the love of a family. The family unit, in my opinion, should be one of the strongest uh, units above all, above work and above friends and even family. Um, and, And that is that can be hard at times. especially when it comes to having um, these challenges uh, that go along with having a special needs child. But in the end, when our kids get older, especially our siblings, the siblings, they're going to be one of the most compassionate citizens out there. They're going to see someone else that struggles with that. And that person might be like, wow, is there anyone out there that understands what I'm going through? And then our kids are going to come along and say, Oh, you know what? I had a brother that has, I have a brother that has autism. I I say had, because when they leave the nest, it's kind of like, what happened? (laughs) So, but you know, I have a brother who has autism and you know what I'll I'll spend some time you know getting to know you because it's not easy going the world is going so fast as it is I mean to take the time for an elderly person or our world is changing so quickly but um to slow down and to uh what does it say in James that you know a pure religion is to visit orphans and widows you know what, I think a part of uh, pure religion is to uh, love the poor and reach out to those who are in need and in the special needs community. That I is, agree. That is mm-hmm. one of those things, and it takes a special person to it do does. that, and that's why I'm it's so glad. Kid, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, and we have to look out. We have, When we see someone who has touched our children's lives, we have to reach out and, and thank them for that because that's not the norm. But I think what you've taught me, and this is something that I think I've been um, very grateful for, is to not have expectations either. Oh, yes. You know, to not expect <laughs> yes. everyone. And that's a challenge for me. I'm just going to be honest. It still is a challenge for me because I want him to have the normal life. But well, you know what? You know what? beautiful is one time um I was at a kind of like a church event and a relative had bought Olivia our daughter a a little like balloon animal you know with like a carnival type event and then um didn't buy anything for Isaac not a cookie not a balloon nothing and I went home and I cried I just said I, I couldn't believe favoritism over the typical sweet you know, uh, adorable, talkative, non-autistic child, and then the other child just, and again, he's special, so he didn't see favoritism, but I did, and the Lord, he's so faithful in that still small voice, he told me, and it took years to learn this, you can't make anyone love your child. Wow, that is heavy. And he says, Laura, you know, I mean, my daughter, you know, I don't remember how exactly the Lord told my heart, but, um, and it's their loss. Oh, wow. Wow. And you know what? The way I see that is we do have to have grace on people that 
don't mm-hmm. see those things because they've never experienced what we've experienced. And like I said, when our kids get older, you know, um, you know, hopefully, prayfully, because, you know, it's their duty to to reach out. But now I'm realizing the people that that don't have, you know, our our gift, um, I see this as a gift, you know, from above. They just don't know. And we have to say what Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Yes, they amen. just don't know. And I will be the first to say, I was that person that didn't know. When I was in school, I was in special needs classes, and um, I was considered considered, considered special <laughs> needs. Um, right. But, you know, I grew out of, I, I'm very high functioning, and I grew out of a lot of it. But the, the children at school, they look different from me because um, there was a blind kid, and you could see all white. And um, there were a lot, uh, a cerebral palsy, I don't know how you say it, Um, a a girl with cerebral palsy. Okay, (laughs) okay, and that's a tongue twister. And um, I was never educated uh, in knowing what, you know, what they had or and so when they would come into the um the school or the cafeteria I would scream and I thought they I thought the kids were monsters I really thought I had probably watched a lot of scary movies by that time but I literally no one had educated me and I even they even sent me to the principal's office I got detention over it and everything and it wasn't until my mom had to get involved and and she said no my daughter really is scared she doesn't know even my mom and dad had never taught me this is a person um, that's blind or this person, like, you know, we have to educate our own kids. And that's what I love about mm-hmm. what we're doing right now is mm-hmm. bringing up that awareness because I do recall one incident where we, you know, my Olivia is always just a little walking advocate and I'm just adore <laughs> my daughter and thank God for her. But we were, she was little, she was, I don't, they're two years apart. So she, maybe she was seven and he was five. And we were at a birthday party at this time. We could still go to them. And they were jumping in the trampoline. And I, I look at her and I said, remember, tell them about brother. You know, because it's it, it, somewhat more received from a, another child than from the right. parents. So, I, so, so they're jumping and they're jumping. And she goes, that's my brother. He's different. He doesn't talk, but he's cool. And they're jumping, they're jumping. And I heard the little boy and he said, well, I better not touch him. Because if I touch him, then maybe I won't be able to talk anymore either. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking like autism contagious, you know, and so it Mm -hmm. goes to the awareness thing. And so, you know, but then sometimes I love how kids are so resilient. Another Mm -hmm. time a little boy said, um, you know, again, she said, uh, that's my brother. He doesn't talk, but he's cool. He's different. You know, he's okay. And then the, and then he started like kind of babbling, doing his little stems, his little sounds. And then she goes, oh, he's just a ninja. And they go, ninja. And then the, the boys all started pretending like there were ninjas so she glossed it over and and kind of was like yeah my brother's like a ninja like he speaks a different language like and you know what I think that's the blessing of it all is is that life is all learning life learning and um there's uh, my uh, I've had my youngest uh, he's one of the ones that says what's on his mind and he has stated things even I think we were somewhere and there was a veteran and they didn't have legs and 
he said something out loud and it was just, you know how little kids can be. And so I, oh, yes. I think we can have a lot of grace on little kids, but I do believe as parents, you're right. Um, this is a very healthy thing to bring awareness. And I know you always have brought awareness um, during awareness month. I love mm-hmm. what you do is each day you bring awareness by, and, and it's kind of caught on. It's, it's become a trend with all of us moms. Uh, I, I remember you were the first one that just, you were very bold in saying, this is what my son does day one. And this is what autism is. And Oh, how I appreciated that. And a lot of us moms were like, wow, emboldened to do the same thing. So, so awesome. I know. That's so, really you know, our time is almost up, but I want to just um, ask you to pray, Laura. You're, you're such a prayer warrior in um, our, in our groups and everything. And I just would like to close. First of all, thank you so much for sharing a wealth of knowledge. Um, My pleasure. Yes. So and also just closing us in prayer. And I want you to have a blessed day and, and to let you know that we are praying for you. So go ahead, Laura. Thank you. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful opportunity to just glorify your name, to call upon your name, Jesus, and make known your deeds to the the whole earth, that you are God most high, and that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made, made by you, by your hand. You fashioned us even before we were in the womb. You knew us and you called us by name. To think, Abba Father, that there is no two fingerprint that's exactly the same. We're all different and unique, Father. And so, Lord Jesus, I do want to just ask for a blessing over special needs parents and families that may um, just stumble upon this uh, conversation and that they would be uh, aware that you are a good God and you give good gifts. And as my girlfriend said to me many years ago, when I was grieving, when I was mourning over the diagnosis, she said, Laura, God doesn't make mistakes and how I needed that I was balm to me and you Jesus are the balm in Gilead so would you comfort all the moms and dads out there mm-hmm. who feel like you made a mistake Lord by giving their family a child with special needs no you make no mistakes you are perfect in all of your ways I pray and I ask God that you would continue to bless oh my geekers all the people mm-hmm. that come on and that you would just get all of the glory, Jesus, yes. so deserve, Lord. And give us strength because as special needs parents in a pandemic, in the crazy world that we're in, we need your grace to carry us. We do. Bless the Thrasher family, and we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this special time talking with Laura. You can visit her blog by going to our show notes of this podcast episode. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a friendly review, and share with others who might benefit from listening to Oh My